Welcome back to the Currently Brewing Podcast. How are y'all's New Year's resolutions going? <laughs> um, we're here just munching on some benches. Crunch, crunch, crunch. <laughs> so, if you got some snacks, take them out um, and enjoy this episode with us. We are going to be talking about love. This is Heaven. I'm Christina. And I'm Anne. And we're we're gonna be talking about Paul Tripp's We Love Because. It's his Wednesday word. This is a poem called We Love Because. Why are we so hard with one another? Why so much judgment, accusation, doubt? Finger-pointing, questioning motives, we are all frail, weak, failing, imperfect, inadequate, less than, striving for, hoping, falling short, human. All of us are injured, broken, bruised, left lame, shoulders bent, head bowed, heart wrenched, mind tired, dreams dashed, body weak by life in this fallen world. None of us are independently wise, independently strong, independently righteous, independently capable, independently worthy. None of us. All of us are in desperate need of grace, love, mercy, redemption, forgiveness, reconciliation, restoration, transformation, salvation. All of us. All of us bear an image, not of our failures, our weaknesses, our shortcomings, but of our creator. All of us carry a piece of his glory. His son died to give us new life, new hope, new potential destiny. May we greet one another with patient grace, Mm. sturdy love, sympathetic mercy, not first for our comfort, but for our father's glory. So Paul Tripp continues uh, with his Wednesday word, uh, referencing John 13, 35. He says, he says, the Bible says, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another, Paul can, Paul Tripp continues, maybe one of the biggest sins in our relationships with one another is the sin of forgetting. Dun, dun, dun. It is so easy to forget how profound your need for grace is, and it is equally easy to forget the amazing grace that has been freely showered upon you. And when you forget the grace you've been given, it becomes very easy to respond to the people around you without grace. A joyful life of grace toward others grows best in the soil of gratitude. When I reflect on who I am, When I take time to consider the grace that I couldn't have earned, achieved, or deserved, but which has been lavished on me, and when I remember that that grace came at the cost of the life of another, then I am joyfully motivated to give that grace to others. Paul Tripp also references Ephesians 4.32, and it says, Be kind to one another tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Amen. Mr. Rogers would let it sit for a minute. 
Yeah, this poem, it just it, it was extremely convicting for me because I struggle with, with, you know, being judgmental, not being able to love just brothers and sisters in the church, you know, or brothers and sisters in Christ. When grace is just out of the picture, when grace is out of the picture in my life, and I feel like I'm there or I'm doing something because I've done it from my own from my own strength. When I've achieved it, you know, by myself, when I think I deserve to be there, when I feel like I'm there, all of my accomplishments and and um, yeah, I think it's really sad um, um, when I don't when I forget the gospel of grace, that I am here equally, simply because of grace. And when I do, um, when I do dwell on that, I think I'm able to be more humble in regards to others. And I love, um, Pastor Joel, I was just taking his gospel centered living class and he was saying how, um, when we, when he truly, dwells and reflects on the fact that he's literally there every Sunday by grace alone, then everything else with regards to the service, like someone made a mistake on this, someone made a mistake on the presentation or the PPT, someone made a mistake on like during worship or whatever, he is able to be like, he is able to just just be like, yeah, there's grace. There's grace. Because equally, he is equally there because of grace. And so there is no space for like condemnation, for judgment, for, um, you know, things like that. And I think I, I am also, I am the same way when I am, when I am not, when I'm not filled with grace. Um, when I forget the fact that I am here simply because of grace, I am so quick to dishonor my brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm so quick to judge. It reminded me of a song I know. <laughs> it always does. This one isn't a classic camp. This is from a band I like called Ivory Line. And their song is called Hearts Open. And um, it reminded me of like, I think it's verse two. It says, I don't, I don't need to sing it, but it's, it flows better that way. But he's, they say, we're so focused on the sins of our friends. We forgot forgiveness. It's so much easier to cast a judgment We've forgotten where our hope is. You'll find us throwing stones and spitting gossip. You know that, because it's like, yeah, judging people though. Yeah. It's so easy to do, but we're all on. We're all in the same boat, yeah. you know. Um, I love that band, and they don't sound like that. They sound much better. <laughs> um, but yeah, I um, I think of yeah, I think about that and. In the Bible verses that we talked about today, it's talking about the importance of 
love, you know, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God and Christ forgave you. But sometimes I think that we forget that we are forgiven, meaning we needed to be forgiven of something, but we are like the charges are cleared for us. That should be like a weight lifted from us. And that in turn can like give us like a joy and a freedom to give grace, extend grace and forgiveness to others. Right. Um, but it's just, yeah, it love is something that grows and fosters. And somewhere in here, he talks about soil and something I read maybe, <clears throat> you know, cause I was paying attention. Um, a, a joyful life, Paul Tripp said, a joyful life of grace towards others grows best in the soil of gratitude. So it, like, it starts there, like with us and like what our heart state is. In the eyes of God, because of Jesus, we are free indeed. And that should give us like a heart of gratitude. And then that, you know, overflows into we can love others better in light of that, not on our own strength. Yeah, I think you said earlier on something about um, we don't know how much we've been forgiven. And I was just reminded of um, the parable of the unforgiving servant in Matthew 18. Like the guy that that's like that his his uh, master was like, hey, you know, go get all the money that you owe me. And then he like cries out and he's like, oh, no, I can't. Please forgive me. And then the master's like, all right, fine you know, your, your debts are cleared. And he had say, if he had, okay, let me just get the right number here. Um, he, he owed him 10,000 talents, which is 20 years wages for a laborer. So the, his master's like, all right, fine. You know, I'll clear your debts go. And so he's like, he goes out of jail or whatever. And then on the way out the same day, like on the way out, someone that owes him money, comes to him and then he's like hey you owe me money yeah and then um and then he only owed him it says here a hundred denarii which is so i guess a hundred days wage um and so but then he was like no i'm not gonna forgive you you gotta go get it and then throws him in jail and so yeah that's exactly that's exactly us when we don't when we can't forgive right and um yeah it's yeah yeah that's right forgiveness and not knowing not being aware of the grace it's literally only by grace that we are here today and only by grace that we are able to do what we do. And the moment we forget that, that's when the thoughts creep in of like, mm, why isn't this person doing this? Or why can't they do this more? Or like, this is unfair. Um, and I struggle with that. I struggle. And so that's why um, it was so sad when I, when I was reading this. I think we read the Bible verse, like part of it. Uh, earlier, but I, I wanted to just read it, and I wanted to read it again, and I wanted to read 
um, this part of 1 John 4. So this is 1 John 4, 7 and beyond. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. So as I was reading this, um, again, I was thinking of that song, that steadfast love song. Um, but... yeah, that's right. The more that I am, fi- I am filled with love and reminded of his faithfulness to me, the more love I have to give to others. And there are many times that I feel like my love runs short and I have to then draw from the bucket that's not of my own. Um, and I'm thankful for that, that I like my my bucket whenever my bucket runs out like i have an everlasting bucket that i can draw from um and so i'm cuz i know that um i know that my on my own terms in my own way i'm not enough and i find that moment after moment throughout my days and i'm i'm then brought to his discipline and then okay god let me let me draw from your love um i can't i can't do this without i can't do this without you mm. and um so i mean like I, i'm really thankful that that our love is deeper than ourselves and and yeah like you guys are saying um we love because he first loved us. And our love is not from us, but it is from him. And so I don't have to worry if my love runs out. Like, I'm not supposed to be perfect. Mm. And I know that I'm a work in progress. And I'm supposed to extend the love as much as I can. But when I feel short, mm. then I need to draw from him. I think also when I forget that we are all members of the same body (laughs) equally, um, we equally carry a piece of his glory. We're like, God loves us so much equally. And I forget that. And that is wicked. Wicked is in a bad way. Like, like that's wicked of me. Like, that's wretched of me to think like, oh, God loves me so much. Like, he is so jealous for me and blah, blah, blah. And then I, and then I don't think that, or I think bad about like another person. Mm-hmm. 
It's like heaven. You are so yuck. Um, it's just terrible. I mean, how can I, right? It's like disgusting. And that's just how disgusting we are in sin or I am in sin. Um, oh man, it's just so embarrassing even to talk about, but, (laughs) but literally that is, you know, it's so easy to think like when someone's wronged us to be like, Oh God, like, but you love me and then like not even think about wanting to pray or like do anything about the other person so wicked anyway but yeah that in romans um no it's first corinthians first corinthians 12 when they talk about the members of the body and how like each person is an equal important member of the body of the church and the body of Christ and um, even like the most unimportant parts right that you think that are unimportant are still so important we're so equally equally we need to equally honor and equally serve man heaven man okay anyway and then <laughs> and then um we were with some of the women we were reading John um, and like each disciple is so different like they have such different characters um, but they're all they all carry a piece of God's glory and they all carry a piece of Jesus and it's just it's just like we are the same we are different and we are just we just have such different distinct characters and ways that we love and just like for me to be like like, i'm better than them or like why are they it's just like i am forgetting to view them as a as god's image Mm -hmm. as a, a god's image bearer and as god's son or daughter i was thinking which uh yeah i love um when we get to hear about different characters in the New Testament that were following Jesus or learned about Jesus, you know, like through, you know, Paul and Peter's adventures and ministry and that jazz, you know, um, I just, um, every time maybe at church, like during a Bible study or prayer meeting or something, when we read about, you know, they open a letter like, I, Paul, a servant of Christ, and my brother Timothy, or whatever. And then they're like, we were so happy to hear from you. And it's like such a warm and just like, oh, they were like so encouraging, always like, we praise the Lord that you guys are doing well, even though you're far away. And it's not him thinking like, I, I planted that church, so I'm better than you guys. But it's sort of a camaraderie and like an e- equalness or something. It's like we're in this together, sort of. All in this together. Um, is that from High School Musical or something? I've heard it. I heard the chorus. I just don't know where it's from. Anyway. But I was thinking the another um, New Testament example is, I was thinking of in Philippians that we were talking about during uh, our morning meditations. Um 
Philippians 4, verse 2. It says, I entreat Euodia and I entreat Syndiki, which are great baby names for little girls. Um, <laughs> Euodia and Syndiki, um, uh, to agree in the Lord. Like, And I ask you also, true companion, to help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel together with Clement and the rest of the fellow workers. And there's like this image that we get of like this community and there's two sisters that are arguing or there's got some bad blood for some reason but they have labored for the gospel they have helped in the community and stuff and um in so many of the letters uh that paul or peter will write to different churches or or brothers and sisters in Christ, just like an encouragement to mend relationships and help wrestle through the rough patches or whatever disagreement or something. It's like, it's important that we extend grace to one another, that we figure it out and like kind of reorder the priorities. Like, are we going to be petty or are we going to be like, we're here not because we have so much in common, but we're here because God called us and that's more important, you know? Um, so yeah, I, w I was just thinking of those, those things, the fair weather friends and the examples in the new Testament about like our encouragement to build each other up and help, uh, mend relationships. Um, because it's not, it's not our surface level, like, she doesn't like my recipe or whatever. It's like, okay, well, what's the point of you guys being in this community? Like, it's not for, you know, it's not for you. It's not for your glory. It's for God's glory. So what is the, the kingdom work to be done with everybody working together? And that that jazz. You know that jazz? Like <laughs> that. I really like what you were just talking about um and I, I you know like i had some follow-up thoughts just about we are called we are called from love to love and when our eyes are focused on the right things for example kingdom work like why we're here then the small things like you're saying like preferences should fall to the side because start with why you know like why are we doing all of these things like why do we have a currently brimming podcast my thought was just start with your why remember why you're here remember why you love you love because you're called to love our focus gets misplaced several times throughout our days um, and we need that realignment of why we love we love because he loved us because he gave us a greater calling, you know? So, yeah. And this goes into a little difficult territory, but um, I think that's also how people can forgive even the, the worst of like, of deeds. You know, like people, how people can forgive. Um, you know, we hear stories of like people forgiving their oppressors or people forgiving like murderers or even the worst deeds that have been done to them. Um, 
and that's not out of any self-righteousness it it really isn't and i think it's literally when we dwell on the on on what we have done to god and what we are forgiven from only from there i think can can those things stem forgiveness and love of others um someone like shared you know a couple who who like the wife committed adultery and the husband's like how 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 can i no like this is not okay you know and it's not okay how am i supposed to forgive her Mm. and um the pastor was literally like just read read through the old testament or something like that like yes this is terrible yeah you are totally you have yeah feel what you need to feel Mm. it's not right read the old testament and go to god about it and eventually um the more and more he was able to dwell on the fact that spiritual adultery is literally what he did too and what we all do yeah we all do we all are what's the word the wars of babylon wait (laughs) (laughs) what do you call it like we all commit adultery spiritual adultery so and that is literally what we did and what we do um, when we, when in our daily lives, like when we want to glorify ourselves, when we seek, you know, other things, um, and that's how he was able to eventually forgive her, just knowing what he was saved from, and knowing that what he did to God was, yes, yes, even worse than what his wife did to him and it's terrible to to even say it right but um the more the more um aware we are and the more like experience the more we experience what we have been saved from what we do the realities of what we do which is commit spiritual adultery um against god the almighty god our creator um how can we not but yeah the part of the poem where it says all of us are in desperate need of grace love mercy redemption forgiveness reconciliation restoration transformation salvation all of us every day daily every hour this is what we need And all of us bear an image, not of our failures, our weaknesses, our shortcomings, but of our creator, creator, all of us carry a piece of his glory. And so, you know, where there, I forget where it says, like, we have, we no longer have condemnation. There is therefore no more condemnation. Romans 1, 17. How dare we hold our yeah keep hold of condemnation toward toward another you know person 
or a brother and sister in Christ when in God's eyes they are righteous, they are um, pure, they are loved, they stand righteous um, before God. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 9, it says, For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. Um, I was thinking of that because what of what you just said. Um and yeah, like, he hasn't just us for wrath. He's got like a plan for what we should be doing. We might live with him, for him, and encouraging each other and building each other up. And what a, what a great mission. Like out, out of, oh, what is it? Like out of, I want to say something about dust and ashes. You know what I'm talking about? Just like, out of, uh, yeah, out of darkness into light or something. I don't know. But yeah, some... Like a response from where our state was into. I also was thinking of when in the Bible, uh, Jesus said how Peter was going to die. And then he was like, what about this guy? And he's like, it's none of your business. <laughs> like, don't compare each other. That's not, it's none of your business, whether he lives forever or whatever. And he's, and yeah, that's just how we are. We're always kind of keeping tabs on each other and it's not healthy. It's like, we've so petty come on peter let's see if he has a cool death or not you know like yeah um i already referenced a song from ivory line and then ivory line line, i think it's one word and um there's another song from theirs called the healing from the same album and it's so good but um i was just thinking about that in how we kind of compare with other people like, oh, I'm doing a better job than them or something. And in this song, they're like, you didn't earn this. Like, this is grace from God that he freely gives to us to receive and we should be responding in love for each other. Live a life worthy of the calling you have been called to, you know. Um, And, you know, just like investing in this new life and in verse two he says like you gotta you gotta let the roots grow deep and stop worrying about the leaves in due season they will be made new and like that process of like the christian life and it's not always easy to see how things are growing or improving or how how easy the christian life is for you personally but also how connection with other people like is bearing fruit or anything but it's not really for us to judge right we can't see the roots growing deep if we're living up in the branches of the trees we don't know like what's going on underground right how healthy the tree is so yeah just that thought about we can only see so much with our human eyes on not only how our actions affect other people, but also like how we can bear fruit and speak life into their lives and encourage them. Um, And we love because we are new creations and, you know, like we're called to be image bearers and that's like the worthy calling, right?
for loving others and like leaving leaving judgment to somebody else's problem that's not you know even jesus was like i didn't come to judge the world or condemn the world i came to save you guys so like let's 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 move over yeah like let's let's drop the petty talk for now you know like that's not the time to talk about it you know so this is from every good endeavor and it's you know related to work but there was this tim keller um but it's related to work but um he was talking about when Martin Luther uh, first understood, like grasped that salvation was by grace rather than any other effort of our, like our, our personal efforts. That's when he realized that number one, reli- like re- ministry work is not any better than like non-Christian work. You know, and that's only it's it's because he realized that. So I'll just quote: If Christ, if religious works were crucial to achieving a good standing with God, then there would always be a fundamental difference between those in church ministry and everyone else. But if religious work did absolutely nothing to earn favor with God, it could no longer be seen as superior to other forms of labor. And and it's true, like um, it, and. Another part right after um, Tim Keller writes, this means ironically that Christians who understand biblical doctrine ought to be the ones who appreciate the work of non-Christians the most. We know we are saved by grace alone and therefore we are not better fathers or mothers, better artists and business persons than those who do not believe as we do. And so I think, yeah, the doctrine of grace like we are solely here by grace and grace alone nothing else and that that completely like ch- changes the way that we view people and other christians and non-christians in the faith like not in whatever they do and um yeah i think yeah that that doctrine of grace is what so at least I really need. Um, but I, I just wanted to end with a verse from Philippians 2 when he talks about Christ's example of humility. And um, it says in verse 3, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross." Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that, the, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. And, um, yeah, it's this, it's this humility that, like, Jesus has, that Jesus 
did. He was God. And yet he, he like condescended himself <laughs> to become human form, um, to love us and to show that love for us. Only, that is only why we are here. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Um, if you have questions or responses to our podcast, please let us know through our social media channels. I think we have a YouTube and an Instagram and us. I think we have a YouTube and an Instagram and a Spotify. Um, we love you guys. Thanks so much for listening. And we'll see you in the next one. This was Christina. Heaven. And Dan was also here. Bye-bye. <laughs>